What's up, Keymakers? Today we're going to talk about flipping your funnel and the cost of inaction. You wake up, drive 30 minutes to work as an employee at your 9 to 5, which you hate, and all you can think about at work is providing for your family, starting your business, moving it forward, changing the world, and in the process, living the life of freedom and fulfillment you've always imagined. This podcast helps you transition from employee to entrepreneur. My name is Bradley G. Smith, and welcome to the Keymaker Nation podcast. So, uh, you've probably noticed I'm in the kitchen uh, today as opposed to my normal drive home in the car, and um, that's because I had to rush home from work today, and uh, myself and the wife and kids all went to uh, trunk or treating. Of course, it's October, and... Um, and uh, we, we got to go to a little uh, college campus um, parking garage and do some trunk or treat. So that was a good treat for all of us. But um, I wanted to still make sure that I got this episode in for you guys so that uh, you, you guys could get some of the benefits of uh, some of the podcasts I've been listening to and a current status update with uh, where I'm currently at with some of my stuff. So... Um, so I'm going to follow up first before I get to flipping your funnel and the cost of inaction. Um, I wanted to follow up with some of the things that I've been thinking about that I've thrown out in some of the most recent episodes, um, that I wanted to make sure I followed up on, but I keep forgetting to follow up on them. So, um, uh, first one is, um, I, in one of my, in one of my, uh, previous episodes, I mentioned taking the closed caption from YouTube and um, taking that over to your Facebook, uh, to Facebook whenever you post a video on Facebook so that you have the closed caption on Facebook. And uh, we're talking about the reuse of the exact same pieces of content for different channels, right? So once for YouTube, once for Facebook, but it's the exact same content. So, um, and, uh, so I'm sort of doing that right now with the podcast, right? So the podcast is getting put on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, and a couple of other normal uh, podcast locations, but it's also getting put on YouTube at, in video format, and then I'm going to take it. I haven't quite gotten to the Facebook stuff yet. I'm still working through some of the other stuff, but I'm going to take it and put it on Facebook as well. So when I put it on Facebook... Um, as I understand it, uh, when you're scrolling, I, I mean, of course, any of us have scrolled through the feed in Facebook. When you scroll through the feed in Facebook, all the videos are muted. So uh, the uh, the most benefit that um, the the most benefit one of the most beneficial things you can do for your uh, videos on Facebook is to make sure there's closed caption for your videos, so that whenever somebody's scrolling on the feed, they can see the closed caption and they can just watch the video with it muted. Uh, in case they never want to hit the, the unmute button. So I was trying to think, uh, I had heard that you can export from YouTube uh, the, the closed caption and put it on Facebook. And, and I did the export, I tested that, and I was able to see the export uh, is good. Like it's, it's the exact format that the export needs to be for closed caption, but I was also wondering if I could use that for um, for transcription. Remember how I talked about paying for a transcription service and um, the sort of the cost of what that would be and trying to do this as as like low cost as possible, especially if you're in that transitional phase where you're a solopreneur or you're going from employee to entrepreneur 
and you're trying to figure out um, how you can do it on you know in the most uh, cost-conscious way possible uh, but also it, you know get yourself to a point where you're making some revenue so uh, the the question was can I take it from YouTube and put it on uh, and use that as my transcription for the podcast and the format the answer is kind of but I'm not gonna do it right um, there's a lot of uh, so basically what happens is the the way that it exports is that you get about three lines of text with about I don't know five or six word in each of the words in each of those lines and then that's broken up by timestamps so from this point to this point these are the words that are said and then from this point to this point these are the words that are said and that's sort of the format of the of the way that the closed caption exports right so that's helpful to a point but um, and if you're like super on a budget and you don't want to pay anything for transcription, that could be a way to do it, but you're going to spend a lot of time trying to uh, clear out those timestamps and bring all the text together and paste it in somewhere um, so that it's in a presentable format uh, instead of really truncated lines, right? So I wanted to follow up on that. So um, Temi though, Temi is awesome. Like I've heard a couple of other transcription services thrown out. Temi is automated and it literally happens in minutes. It can take, I, I think I threw it at the other day, 15 uh, of these vodcasts, podcasts and, into it and uh, it spit them out. It had them done within like six or seven minutes and it's only 10 cents per minute. And so I think I had like, um, I pay like five dollars and twenty cents or something like that for three or four podcasts, and then for the for the uh, for the fifteen or so, I think it was like fifteen bucks or something like that. So really cheap um, in terms of the cost of of the um, transcription. So I'll still be using Temi T E M I. Uh, so I wanted to follow up on that, and then um, so. A couple of episodes ago, like one of my first episodes, I think is like the fifth or sixth episode, I uh, threw out the term minimum viable funnel. And that was a term that I came up with off the top of my head. But, man, I'm not the first one to come up with that terminology. I just wanted to make sure, you know, that uh, you guys knew that. So I was, I've been listening to uh, Funnel Hacker Radio with Dave Woodward, one of the ClickFunnels guys. And um, I heard one of his guests throw out the term minimum viable funnel and I was just so disappointed because that, that conversation was back from like um, 2017 or something like that. So even though it was an original thought on my end, I wasn't the first one to throw it out. So uh, minimum viable funnel. Um, and then so sort of the podcast status. Um, so I think I recorded like 20 podcasts before I even tried submitting it to, um, to iTunes, before I even tried setting up the feed and making sure all of my uh, episodes were hosted somewhere. And um, then like within this week, I ended up submitting it to iTunes, and, or I submitted it to multiple locations. I submitted it to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and I've gotten approved on Google Play and Spotify. I submitted it to Stitcher yesterday, and uh, they said it's going to take like five business days or something like that. And of course, iTunes said it'll take several business days as well. So, um, submitted on Tuesday. Haven't heard back from iTunes yet. Hopefully, I'm you know based on the fact that I'm getting approved by Google Play and Spotify, I'm, it's a thumbs up for uh, iTunes. Uh, if not, I'll try to figure out what the issue is and I'll resubmit and. and um, 
get it up online. But I, I'm fingers crossed. I think I'm in a good spot there. And uh, I'm just sort of waiting for the thumbs up uh, to come in. And then it will be available on iTunes as well. So, um, so then I also wanted to mention, um, so I, I mentioned a second ago, I'm working, I'm doing transcriptions for uh, each of the episodes, right? And so the question is, where are those transcriptions at? If you've looked on YouTube, you know the transcriptions aren't there. You're looking in the description, the transcriptions aren't there. If you've looked in um, Podbean, which is where I host uh, the episodes at, uh, at um, then you know it's not there, and because um, the feed is generated from Podbean, any of those other locations that are using the actual podcast feed won't have the transcription. But I am including a link to the transcription of the podcast inside of each one of the descriptions for the podcast. So where's the transcription at? It's at keymakernation.com, and um, I, I add each one of the episodes, I include the video from YouTube, the audio from Podbean, and uh, then the whole transcription from, that I uh, got from Temi. So that's sort of a way for me to try to uh, sort of get a, a, a couple of different channels going at the same time. I'm hoping to get sort of an SEO play out of uh, hosting the transcription on my site. And I know that um, YouTube loves the content already, and they've already got a, a uh, closed caption for it. Um, so I know they're using that to serve up uh, the content inside of YouTube. But um, I'm hoping Google Google then will take uh, the content off of my uh, the transcription off of my website and sort of factor that into organic search somewhere. So hopefully somebody does a search when my video comes up hopefully my site keymakernation.com slash podcast slash whatever is right there along with it so um the good thing about that strategy is i don't only you know there's not there's two plays there really i'm getting um hopefully the organic search play for the for the transcription but also um i because i'm putting it into a blog, now I can drive people to a call to action on each one of the podcasts. I can do that verbally and uh, include links in the, um, in the episode notes, or, and or I can include a funnel directly on keymakernation.com. And the way I have it set up is that uh, each episode is, is basically like this. So it says keymakernation.com slash podcast slash one, slash podcast slash two, slash podcast slash three. And so whatever episode I'm on, I can say, okay, so uh, you want the show notes and you want this download, go over to keymakernation.com slash podcast slash 25 and, uh, or 24, 23, whatever it is, and, and you can get the show notes or you can get the exact download that I'm mentioning in the episode. So now I have a way based on that particular podcast to drive people into uh, my list. So I'm, my goal here with um, anything that I do online really is to turn any of the traffic into traffic that I own instead of traffic that I control. And so I've sort of talked about that in previous podcasts, but that's not really my terminology. That's uh, Russell Brunson's terminology. Um, got that from his book.com secrets. And um, the end goal is to get people onto your list uh, your email list where you own the traffic because you can send an email. They've given you permission to send them an email anytime, regardless of email provider that you're on. Um, you have permission to send emails to your list. If you're on Facebook, you have Facebook Messenger set up. You get people into Facebook Messenger. 
that's great and all, and that is recommended, but ultimately Facebook can, um, you know, pull the carpet out from under you and, you know, close your account or close the pages that you're managing or anything like that. So you wouldn't own that traffic. Same for YouTube or uh, any of the other platforms that you might be on. Um, the goal really, uh, as you sort of know, this is a, uh, again, we're talking about business. We're talking about being, going from employee to entrepreneur. You're in the solopreneur phase. You know, early on, you gotta build your list. And so um, I'm trying to set, I'm trying to put the structure in place to do that right now. And I will start executing on that pretty soon here. And, and I know I'm still in the early phases of these episodes, um, but that's sort of where I'm at with that. And I wanted to share sort of what I'm doing there so maybe you can pick that up for anything that you're working on as well. So that's it for follow-ups, okay? That's, the, that's, the, uh, that's what I have for follow-ups. And then um, I was talking about this episode is about flipping your funnel and the cost of inaction or COI. So none of that is my terminology. Um, I've heard flipping your funnel probably at least twice within the last week um, from two different people. Um, the flipping your funnel and the cost of inaction, I heard both of those from the Funnel Hacker Radio podcast with Alex Mandosian uh, getting interviewed by Dave Woodward. And um, pardon the name dropping, I'm just trying to share with you where I got, where I got the uh, terminology from. But um, also, I had a, had lunch with a friend, a local friend who's um, who's also a marketer, and um, he was talking about how in their business they sort of flip the funnel. And um, I won't get into his stuff because I don't necessarily want to uh, share his stuff. Um, but Alex Mandosian had uh, was was talking about um, how he flips the funnel and his first offer to his clients. Uh, after they have gotten into his front-end funnel, his first back-end funnel offer is his most expensive product. So the reason why this is interesting is because Russell Brunson, as he talks about the value ladder, is, um, you know, and, and to give a quick recap on that value ladder, uh, from, your, from your point of view, um, on the low side is a low-ticket item and sort of like a set of stairs you have a mid-tier, which is a, a medium-sized ticket item, and a, and a high-tier, which is a high-ticket uh, item. And the price ranges there are about 0 to $37, 37 to 297 and then anything above 297 would be a, a, a high-value um, item. And then continuity programs sort of fall into that, um, into that high end of the value ladder. And that also sort of applies to a funnel, right? And, um, and you know, front-end funnels, back-end funnels. Front-end funnels are usually a low-ticket item, and a back-end funnel is usually uh, your higher-ticket items or where you start to make up <clears throat> the cost of your, um, where you start to make up the cost of, your, uh, of acquiring customers with the other products that you sell, right? And so here's what, here's what Alex does. Um, he... Uh, flips the funnel and he offers his clients literally the very best thing that he has. So uh, whatever his program is, I think it's usually a coaching program. So he gives them the $100,000 option. And then if they're like, ah, I really can't do that, then he'll give them uh, something like the $30,000 option. And if they're still like, oh, I still can't do that. And you know, I'm sure along the way he's sort of telling them what's in that. Um, and then they say, I can't do that. And then he offers them $12,000 option and he sort of says, that's it. Um, that's where I'm going to stop, you know, in, in, in terms of if they say I can or can't do that. 
So along the way, he's given each of them, the, he's given them each the option to, um, to get his best value product, and he's offering that to them. And and um, and then if they say if they have to if they walk away from it a week later, him or his someone on his team follows up, and they offer that potential prospect a five thousand dollar option. And at that point, that's his lowest ticket item. And um, so he he sort of like that's his final offer in terms of what he in terms of what he gives. But um, <clears throat> there there are some pros and cons to that strategy, I think. But um, I just thought it was interesting because I, I had heard this concept of flipping your funnel two times within the same week. Um, I think that might make a lot of sense depending on what business or what industry you're in. But um, in terms of, uh, so I, would, I would say most of the time you would probably want to stick with the uh, uh, low end of the value ladder and ascending the relationship with the prospect and the client up to the high end of the value ladder. That's probably normally what I would do, and um, in certain situations, maybe uh, like B two B business to business, um, or certain business to consumer situations, I might offer a high end product first. But I think it would probably depend mostly on the situation or exactly what I was trying to sell. So, um, anyways, uh, there's an episode if you want to hear more about it on Funnel Hacker uh, podcast. Um, where uh, Alex Mandozian talks about it. Just go look for Alex Mandozian. And then um, something I've been doing as I've been listening all the way through Russell's podcast and listening all the way through Funnel Hacker Radio podcast, I've been starring each of the episodes. So at some point, I think I might go back and compile all those episodes and talk about exactly uh, what I liked about those episodes and what I learned from those episodes specifically because each one of them that I marked like had a very specific point that uh, drove home in my mind and that stuck out to me compared to some of the other podcast episodes that I listened to. So that's flipping your funnel. Very interesting. I said, like I said, go, I recommend, uh, go look at that, but also I want to talk about COI versus ROI. And this is another thing that Alex threw out and COI is the cost of inaction. ROI, as we all know, is return on investment. And um, the benefit of selling to a prospect based on COI is that you can sell to them at any point in your uh, in your path as an at, on your journey to become an expert if you're not already an expert, right? So some people think, um, well, how am I going to sell to someone unless I'm already an expert or unless I've already sold and had uh, clients or coached a lot of people or... Um, you know, uh, have testimonials that I can share with people. And um, so uh, a lot of people try to focus on ROI. Well, you're never going to be able to make the argument on ROI because you can't guarantee ROI. And you may never, you, you may be at the point where you don't have testimonials yet, or you don't have those uh, star clients that somebody can pick up the phone and call and talk to. So um, he says uh, this selling somebody based on the cost of inaction works at any stage in your path on on your journey to become an expert. And the way he sort of sells to someone with the cost of inaction, he sort of asks them where they're at now. And a lot of times, as I understand, that sort of, you know, he is, where are you at now? What are your goals? And um, so let's say, 
somebody says, okay, where I'm at now is I, I'm doing okay. I'm making a thousand bucks a month online or whatever, whatever the, the uh, industry is or niche that they're in making a thousand bucks online. And uh, then he said, okay, so where do you want to be in 12 months? So um, then they say, man, I really want to make $10,000 a month within 12 months. And so um, he sort of gets an idea at that point, you know, that for that particular person you're talking to, that, that uh, the cost of inaction for that person is that they're going to be missing out on $9,000 a month if they don't take action between now and 12 months. So that's where they put themselves in 12 months. That was their goal to be in 12 months. And so now you have a little bit of leverage that you might not have had previously with uh, the testimony, with uh, not having testimonials or not having uh, star clients or, um, or any one of those other things that you can point a client to. But now you have a little bit of leverage to say, okay, so for the so where you're at is the, the, the cost of inaction for you is nine times 12. Uh, what's that? $108,000. Uh, at the end of this year, if you don't take any action that you're going to miss out on. And then um, once you sort of have that number and you put, uh, you actually put some concrete numbers around it, then you can say, um, okay, instead of saying, I, you know, okay, I can take you there or something like that. You say, okay, what can I do to help you get there? Um, cut, you know, you're, you're, the idea there, um, as I've heard from um, multiple experts is, you're, you want people to feel like you're on the same side of the table with them when you're in a conversation with a client. And um, you sort of uh, under, you sort of figure out where they're at, you figure out what their problems are, you know what the solution is because you're sort of the expert or you're on the path to being the expert. Um, but your goal is to figure out where they're at and where they wanna be and ask them if you can help them get there. And so, um, so that's it, that's, that's the whole concept, cost of inaction, same episode for flipping your funnel. Uh, so if you want to um, understand the cost of inaction a little bit better than even I could explain it, um, go back and look at that Funnel Hacker episode with Alex Mandozian. So uh, so that's it, that's what I got for you guys. Uh, flipping your funnel and cost of inaction, COI versus ROI, and how you can do COI without um, without all the testimonials and things that you, you, you would normally think that you need in order to sell or have a little bit of leverage to position yourself with your client. So that's it guys. Hope you got some value out of it and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Hey guys, don't forget to join me in the Keymaker Nation private Facebook group. If you're listening to the podcast via iTunes, please rate and review. And if you're listening via YouTube, don't forget to thumbs up and subscribe. And as always, thanks for listening.